Welcome to Doula Club, a podcast for doulas by a doula. I'm your host, Bonnie Silva. Enjoy the ride. Hey guys, welcome back. I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, induction. So induction is uh, oftentimes more not used in pregnancies. Uh, It's case by case. Uh, oftentimes, you know, you might have a client that maybe induction isn't necessary, but maybe it is. So we're not going to go down that road right now, but we are going to go down the road and kind of explaining to new doulas specifically the different types of inductions. And I'm going to go through a few that are very medically based, and I'm going to go through a few that are holistic based. Um, I think that as new doulas, you know, uh, our job is not to uh, be mad at the provider, be uh, create negativity, but to ask questions, to create uh, more uh, uh, from a perspective of knowledge and understanding instead of negativity and uh, anguish. Because regardless of the situation, Our role is also to create a positive, well, yeah, a positive, but also a safe space in which it can be less stressful. So in a a way where we can hold space for the clients to feel less anguish, anxiety, and stress. So, okay, here we go. So one of the several things that we can, uh, that a client is going to be induced by in the hospital specifically would be cytotech. So what is cytotech? Cytotech is a tiny, tiny little pill. I kid you not. It is like tinier than a Tic Tac. Um, And I find it very, very enlightening and kind of like shocking when doctors with big hands are able to put the cytotech in the cervix. So the the cytotech is a cervix softening tool. So they usually do that when a client goes in. So for whatever reason, she has to be induced that day, right? He, she, they, um, they have to be induced that specific day. Okay. So their cervix is not ripe. It's not soft. So they have to do a, a, a ripening of the cervix first. So they'll usually use cytotech um, if they can, if the hospital allows it. And usually if the water is not broken. So if your client's water isn't broken and they're going into the hospital to be induced, that's when they're going to use cytotech most, most often than not. So it's cytot- the cytotech is inserted via the vaginal canal onto the cervix. Um, and in about six to 12 hours, depending, it's supposed to induce a little bit of contractions and it's supposed to soften the cervix. Um, there could be a little bit of discomfort um, and there are some side effects, but I personally as a doula have never seen anything besides softening the cervix and allowing some contractions. And sometimes contractions don't start. Sometimes, you know, it just ripens the cervix enough. So usually after they use the cytotech, a lot of times they'll try to do the Foley balloon. And what a Foley balloon is, is pretty much a catheter that they insert into the cervix. It's going, they're going to 
inflate the catheter and they look like little balloons. Sometimes it's one balloon and sometimes it's two. So they're gonna inflate those two catheters in the cervix and it's going to come out when the cervix is three to four centimeters. Usually when the cervix is three to four centimeters, that's when it comes off easily. Usually like when your client's like, I have to go to the bathroom and pee, usually it comes out in the pee when they're peeing. Um, and the reason why, so the, the Foley balloon, so just going back over it quickly, is that the Foley balloon is pretty much literally like a little balloon. And they insert it into the catheter in order to stretch the cervix to three to four centimeters. That is another form of medical induction. Um, and again, like I said, they usually do that after they put in the cytotech, if the cervix needs to be softened. If the cervix is already like, let's say, for example, one, one to two centimeters, but it's soft enough where they can actually put the Foley balloon in, stretches to three, four centimeters. And sometimes, you know, generally there's good outcomes with that because sometimes it does start contractions. Sometimes that's all the client really needed. Um, and usually that's kind of a good start to doing a pretty decent induction. So that is the catheter balloon. Um, and sometimes they can or cannot put it in after they've put epidural. Sometimes they don't uh, give the client epidural or need to give the client epidural to do the Foley balloon because um, it is done vaginally, but it is not like Pitocin. That's, that's another big doozy. So Pitocin. Pitocin is the big one that you hear about all the time. Pitocin is pretty much... Um, somewhere along the medical history line that I'm not familiar with and some bubbly blue man invented Pitocin. So Pitocin is pretty much a synthetic version of oxytocin. Oxytocin is uh, a natural drug that we create inside our human bodies and it is called the love oxytocin. That happens when you're having sex, when you're looking at babies, when you're looking at puppies, when you're looking at your significant other, or when you're looking at that hot crush down the street that you really want to like kiss and do all nasty things to. Anyway, that's too much information. But my point is that Pitocin is another, is like the, not the last uh, version option of uh, inductions, but it is um, the kind of the big doozy one. So Pitocin is done through uh, IVF, IV, um, and they will do it after, generally, if you go to the hospital and you do cytotech, and then you do the Foley balloon, they're generally going to do the Pitocin after the Foley balloon. So Pitocin is supposed to create contractions and generally the contractions are going to be stronger. I don't bullshit clients when it comes to this because they need to understand and they and they need to know um, for their personal information that Pitocin is going to be a stronger version of what a normal contraction would be. It's not going to be the same. You know, generally how normal contractions when your body is without any medical interventions is that it's going to gradually uh, I want to say get your body accustomed to, but that's kind of bullshit because, you know, it is going to be very uncomfortable as it gets stronger. But you're going to be able to, as a client, breathe through them and, and find a ritual and, and find those kind of repetitive movements in order to actually, quote unquote, deal with the contractions. As opposed to Pitocin, it is much stronger, which is why a lot of clients... I would say 90% of my clients would get epidural afterwards because epidural does ease those really strong sensations.
Now, another form of natural induction um, is acupuncture. Acupuncture is something that I highly recommend. I recommend it to every single client of mine pre and post labor. Um, acupuncture has obviously a lot of benefits for pre-labor, uh, like for example, induction, induction itself. Um, it says here on, you know, good old, good old Google that acupuncture is the best natural way to induce labor. When you receive pressure on the acupressure points, it stimulates the blood flow, helping the baby move into the pelvis. It keeps your baby in the right position for labor, initiates contractions, and dilates the cervix. These are all very true. I've had a couple of clients, and no joke, I'm not bullshitting you, that have had acupuncture sessions regularly. And then after the 39th week, around the 40 week, they've had the full throttle induction, which is when the acupuncturist really goes down and tries to induce labor. And I kid you not, I've had a client that gave birth the, the following day. So it really does help. It really, if anything, it, even if it doesn't initiate contractions, at least your client is getting like an hour or two of relaxation that they'll never like be able to regret that. So that's definitely something that I suggest regardless if it does or does not initiate contractions, at least your client is relaxing it, their body. And that is also beneficial for them regardless. So if anything, I recommend acupuncture for anything for uh, inductions, self-care, postnatally a lot of times it does help clients with depression uh just regaining some sort of clarity uh helps ease anxiety so acupuncture is actually good all around so that's my very personal suggestion for you so the last two that i want to talk about um is castor oil and enema so castor oil, I have not personally had any clients that have done them. If they have, they have not told me. I kid you not. Um, I've had maybe one client now that I now that I'm like talking about it that I do remember asking me about it, and I straight up was like, I have no idea. Like I have no experience on that. I think that you should talk to your care provider. Um, I have a couple of like stories regarding doulas that have used it in their personal pregnancies, and. Um, I kid you not, it was their story kind of reminded me of, you know, when a car is like kind of not running. So it's like, uh, 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 and, and you're turning the key. And then when it runs, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Well, that's kind of like the, the idea of castor oil. So according to the stories, which were very similar, is that they used castor oil, didn't immediately do anything. And then when the baby came, it shot out. So it did. I don't want to say it did more damage than not, but apparently is that from the idea that I got, I guess <laughs> I'm trying to explain it as best as I can. The idea of castor oil for me personally is that it, it doesn't immediately help with anything. And then when it does, it's like rapid. So I would say usually use it with caution, do your research, um, think twice about it and Give clients information as opposed to like as opposed to advice on when or when not to use it, unless you have personal experience. And even then, think twice about offering that kind of advice because you're not a medical person. At the end, you're not a savior. So let's talk about enema for a second. I actually would recommend enema as opposed to castor oil, and I'll tell you why. Because enema used to be used to clean the poop. 
Let's talk about that for a second. So it used to be used back in the day so women wouldn't feel self-conscious of when they were in labor, they would poop. Well, the idea is that so, you know, when you're on the bathroom, you're on the toilet, and it's just so releasing to like when you're peeing and you're pooping. That's kind of the idea of what an enema is going to do in regards to induction, right? So you know what? It may or may not um, start induction, but at least you're going to feel real clean. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> As always, you can email me at realdoulaclub at gmail.com. Maybe you want to venture on Instagram, Real Doula Club. Next week, I'm going to have Mary Please as a guest. Mary Please is a doula I met through Carriage House Birth. She also works with other collectives and is also a community doula. So you'll hear a perspective on a doula that works with different types of collectives. Um, and we're also going to talk about inductions too. So this is a great way for you to see another doula's advice, another doula's perspective on what inductions are and what it looks to them. As always, I bid you adieu and have an awesome, awesome evening. Bye.